This episode is brought to you by the Career Thrivers Uncertain to Unstoppable Mastermind. 2020 is not canceled. This can still be your year. If you're ready to package your expertise in a clear, concise, and compelling way and communicate your value to attract the career and business opportunities that you want, we invite you to join the 2020 Uncertain to Unstoppable Mastermind to help you create a plan, get clear on some strategies, get the accountability of group and one-on-one coaching to dive deep into a specific strategy that will help you wrap up the year with resilience and results. So join us at careerthrivers.com. Click on the Be Unstoppable tab. Enrollment is open now and we kick off on July 1. Can't wait to see you inside the mastermind. Welcome back to the Career Thrivers podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Cole, and I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today. We have Miss Christy Pruitt Haynes with us, and we're going to be talking about how she made the transition from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Really excited to have you. So let me just share with our audience a little bit about your experience. So Christy has over 20 years of executive and entrepreneurial experience. Christy noticed that regardless of the industry that she was in, women and minorities often didn't fully participate in making companies as effective, efficient, and excellent as they could possibly be. So she set out to change that. Combining her desire to solve that problem, strategic thinking, and keen self-awareness with degrees in personal and labor relations and HR development, plus 20 years of corporate and entrepreneurial experience, Christy is convinced that every situation can be improved with a lot of logic, a little humor, and a healthy dose of real-world knowledge. The TEDx speaker and Nashville Emerging Leader Award recipient has held executive positions at Infinity Americas, Nissan, CMT, and the Memphis Grizzlies. She is the founder of Christy Pruitt Haynes Consulting, where she and her team offer innovative speaking, training, and coaching to help organizations excel with diverse talent while helping diverse talent identify and maximize opportunities as well as our true which we're so excited to learn more about today, Christy, which is a content provider for and a speakers bureau, as well as a publishing house to enhance, inspire, and amplify Black women. Christy, welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. That is quite a bio. So we are really looking forward to learning and digging in a little bit more. Tell us a little bit about just your kind of career story, how you got started. Sure. So I, um, like many people, started college a little unsure of what I wanted to do. Um, So I actually had a wonderful opportunity to intern very early on in my college career. Started in marketing, and the thing I learned most from that is it wasn't for me, which is something even now I highly suggest people do. Try different things. Try them as early as possible, because weeding out what isn't for you is sometimes just as important, if not more important than than discovering what your thing is. So after trying a couple of different things, I settled on human resources and strategy. So got my degree in that and immediately entered the workforce. Um, my first job actually was as an entrepreneur um, at the at the ripe old age of 20. I was finding employment for individuals coming out of alcohol and drug rehab centers and coming out of prison. 
So contracting with the state of Tennessee and, and working with the population that at that time was contributing most highly to the unemployment rate. So it was a true crash course in all things entrepreneurial. I, I, I would be the first to say I had no idea what I was doing, um, but I muddled my way through. So from there, I stayed in HR for a number of years, working in benefits and recruiting and some of the smaller areas of HR until I settled on being a human resources generalist, just meaning I had sort of overall strategic responsibility for all levels of HR. And the really, it's, it's interesting. The reason I think I ended up settling on human resources is I really liked being involved in a little of everything. And human resources is one of those departments that touches every area of the organization in some way. And for me, that was critical. Um, the other thing that I learned fairly early on in my career is I like change. I was a, I think I was born a consultant without even realizing it. Um, as I look back on my career with organizations, I've never stayed at any company longer than three years. And that was always for my choice. Um, I realized I wanted to come in, solve the problems, get the organization to a really good place. And then I got bored. So I was ready to go. So through a number of years, um, I, I discovered I was a consultant. That's what I really needed to do. I was just wired in that way. I liked solving the problems and then I was ready to move on to my next challenge. So that's what I did after a number of years in corporate America where I learned so very much that I will be the first to say, I don't know that I could have learned some of those lessons in the other way. Um, I really learned how to work with individuals, how to get do some root cause analysis to figure out what are the real issues, not just what people are saying is wrong, but what's actually wrong. And, and what's some of that red tape and that bureaucracy that we can cut through to get to the solutions that everybody's looking for. So as, as you mentioned in my bio, Throughout all of those positions, one thing that I noticed is there were so many boardrooms, there were so many department head tables that all looked the same. Mm -hmm. I can't count the number of meetings that I sat in where I was the only. I was the only woman. I was the only Black. I was the youngest in the room. And, and while for me, it, I had a lot of positives came out of it, I really toughened up. I learned a lot. I learned how to use my own voice and advocate for myself. But I realized there were a lot of people who were just as talented, if not more so than I was, who weren't getting those same opportunities. And not only were the individuals suffering because of it, but the organizations were as well. They were missing out on that talent and missing out on those ideas. So that's when I think my, my renewed entrepreneurial bug really set in. And I look for ways to to really find that and, 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 you know, really dig into that. And quite honestly, the other reason that pushed me into being an entrepreneur were for personal reasons. Um, I, I went through a divorce several years ago and my daughter at the time was about two and a half when we did that. And at that time, my focus, like so many women, became I have to take care of my family. I have to make sure we have everything. I have to make sure she still has a college fund because it's just me. So that really, really amped up my desire to be as successful as possible. And then I was still a part of corporate America. For me, what that translated into in a very transparent moment was work became my life because I was focused on move up, make more money, take so I can take care of my kids. 
And it was one day, and I tell this story often when I'm speaking. She was about three years old, and she pulled out a calculator and started frantically pressing buttons. And I asked her, you know, what are you doing? And she said, I'm using my, she called it a blueberry. She never remembered the name Blackberry. So that's going back a few years. All the rage. Um, But she says, I'm using my blueberry to send you an email to see if we can play. And I said, baby, I'm right here next to you. And she said, I know, but you always answer your email. Mm. As a parent and as a mother, that was a dagger to the heart. Yeah. So I realized, like, oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, it, it sends chills. It's like, oh, now that I'm officially the worst parent right. ever. <laughs> and, and it was all for the best of intentions. You know, my goal really was make the money, take care of the family, make the money, take care of the family. Um, so I realized that my priorities were askew. And as I looked around, I realized there were other people in that same boat. So I had to figure out a way to still have the professional impact that I wanted to have. Everyone who knows me knows I am not a Susie homemaker. I don't cook and clean. Like that's not my testimony and it never will be. So I knew that wasn't the thing for me, but I had to find a way to do the things that mattered to me professionally while taking care of the things that mattered even more personally. So I needed that flexibility and and entrepreneurship presented that to me. So from that point on, I jumped in with both feet and I've been swimming and kicking and floating and all of that ever since. (laughs) Yes, some days are easier than others. Some years are more successful than others. But honestly, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love that. And I love how you mentioned, you know, in terms of your corporate experience, that a lot of those skills that you garnered there, you're not sure if you would have gotten those skills if it weren't for that experience. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Because I know sometimes we have, um, you know, audience members who are so ready to jump into entrepreneurship, which I think is fantastic, but just the importance of really gaining those skills as an employee working at a business. Absolutely. So I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is the true concept of teamwork. As an entrepreneur, and particularly when you start off as a solopreneur, where it really is all you, you have to figure out how can I still get everything that I need done and pull in the people and the network that I need um, and not lose my mind in the process. So I learned that in corporate America. I saw how different departments interacted. Um, I also learned about politics. You know, the, the politics of business is is one of the messiest and most real things that are out there. And as an entrepreneur, people will often kind of smile in your face. Oh, I'm so proud of you. What you're doing is wonderful, but will never actually buy anything from you. And in the corporate world, you see so much of that, that you learn how to navigate around it. Your BS meter kind of sharpens a little bit in those okay. scenarios. So you can learn when this is someone who's just kind of giving, paying lip service to something as opposed to their sincere um, thoughts. And the other thing is the corporate world presented me with a just sea of mentors and, and it expanded my network in such a tremendous way. I saw in others the skills that I wanted to develop in myself. And as an entrepreneur, you don't always have the opportunities to to really look at other people and see what they're doing that works and what doesn't work. But in the corporate world, you see it every day, time and time again. 
So it, it gave me people to reach out to and help me create what I now call my personal board of directors. So my sort of go-to crew when I have those questions. And what I was able to develop over a matter of months in the corporate world probably would have taken me years to find those same skills and those same individuals if I was working as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Was there was there a moment that you can remember where you said, okay, like now is the time for me to make this jump from this yes. safe net, from all these good connections, from the day-to-day learning into entrepreneurship? Yes. And that moment came for me twice. Um, so another part of my sort of entrepreneurial journey, I did it the first time in 2008. I absolutely loved it. It was challenging, but it worked. And then I moved, um, moved to another city and didn't have the same network, didn't have the same kind of people around me. Um, And upon after a couple of moves, personally, I I need it easy. And let me tell anyone, entrepreneurship is is not not easy. So when just to make sure our listeners that may have like been a little bit distracted. They heard that message. So, so the, for the people in the back, entrepreneurship right. is not easy. It's rewarding. It's mm-hmm. wonderful in so many ways, but it's hard work. It absolutely is. So upon moving back, um, we were at a time we were house hunting. My my daughter and my niece were in high school. So trying to, or niece was in high school. My daughter was in middle school. But them entering a new school system, like there was so much going on. Personally, I needed easy professionally. So I went back to corporate America for a while. So kind of a side note, as an entrepreneur, if you do step back into that corporate world, please don't see that as a failure. Yes. It absolutely is not. Do what you need to do for your life at the moment. And even in the corporate world, you're still going to have those those opportunities for entrepreneurial ventures, even if it's not your full-time thing. Um, but to go back to kind of that moment where I said, okay, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2008, I will, I'll never forget it. I was driving into work one day. I just got my daughter off at daycare. And all I could think was, if someone would rear-end me, I wouldn't have to go in today. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's not how it's supposed to feel driving into work. That's <laughs> not what's supposed to be running through my mind. Wow. And, and it wasn't that I hated my job because I actually worked at a phenomenal organization. I worked with phenomenal people, but it wasn't really speaking to my passion. And I didn't have the ability to influence change that I really wanted to. So I felt unfulfilled. Sure. sure. And, and again, that was not a personal thing against an organization. Um, I will always say the larger the company you work for, the longer it sometimes takes to turn that ship around. So there were things that I saw day in and day out that I knew I could change. I knew I could make better. But we're on a big cruise boat. And it takes a long time to turn that around. And I realized in that moment, if I was in a little rowboat by myself, I could have whipped this thing back around and, and done it right. donuts in the water. Um, so, so in that moment, I knew it was time. I knew I had kind of teetered between, you know, is it right for me to this is what I need to do just for my own kind of personal self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately, like most people, I looked at the checking account and said, okay. Yeah. 
can we really do this? You know, can I really do this and still handle all the things that I'm responsible for? So I did what a lot of entrepreneurs do. I started doing it as a sort of a side gig and some feelers out there started getting clients that way um, just to make sure, okay, this could work. This, the checks will still come in. We will not starve at least in the first week. Um, so I, I did that and I set a goal for myself, you know, financially, once I had a certain amount in billing every month, then that's when I was going to make that leap. And I just worked, I worked, I worked, I worked um, tirelessly. And I remember when I got there and, you know, even then it was very much mixed emotions when I turned in my resignation letter and, and I told them then, you know, I, there, there's a, a really popular entrepreneur who quit her job online in front of like a hundred thousand people. I wasn't her. I was the person who turned in my letter and said, I'm pretty sure this is what I'm doing, but please remember how much you love me just in case. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> this little person back at home who still needed to eat and still had soccer dues and still had all the things that kids need. Um, but, you know, I, I say that partially in jest, but it was true. I was nervous. Um, but I did it and I worked at it. And again, there were highs and lows. And this is back in 08 when the economy started going through some really funky times. Um mm-hmm. The upside for me, and I hate to say it, there were a lot of organizations who had layoffs at that time, but they still had work to do. And companies can treat consultants and outside talent differently on their spreadsheets and on their balance sheets than they do as an employee. I, as a consultant, kind of I benefited from that because employee and labor costs are often seen seen as as a negative because that's an overhead cost, whereas a consultant or a coach. That goes to that can be charged back to a particular product or project. So it looks very different on a company's balance sheet. I learned things like that in the corporate world and was able to then speak to it when speaking to potential clients on the entrepreneurial side. Um, and then to fast forward to 2017, you know, I, you know, as I mentioned, I went back into the corporate world um, for a bit in 2015 because I need it easy. Um, but, but it was kind of a similar thing that I did it for as long as I could. I think at that point I knew it was temporary and, and it served a purpose. Um, so I went into it with the mindset of, I'm going to do this for now until I get my personal life as in order as possible. And once everybody else in the house is doing good, husband's good with his new job, girls are good in their school, then I'm going back. And, and that's what I did. So I was I did it. I was in the corporate world at that point for about a year and a half and then quickly jumped back into entrepreneurship with with both feet and, and haven't looked back since. That's fantastic. And thank you for sharing that truth, because I, I think it's so often, especially in the social media age, like you see all of these entrepreneurs and consultants and coaches and everyone looks like. hmm looks like they're doing well and yeah, can we do air quotes on that <laughs> like they're doing it full mm-hmm. time but the thing is like no like a lot of the big names that we see often yes. follower accounts they still are securing the corporate check so exactly exactly mm-hmm. and it is perfectly okay and i would even encourage it because sometimes you want to test the waters. You have an idea that this is what you want to do, but until you're actually in the middle of it, you don't know for sure. 
So that that side hustle can be a great way to test it out, dip your toe in and see if it's right for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of truths, I know we would be remiss right now. We're in this space of, you know, um, a lot of people are experiencing loss. And I think one of the things that I, I just really love about your story is like, okay, you had these normals kind of broken up. They became new normals in your life and you had to reinvent. So can you talk to us Mm -hmm. a little bit about like what that process was like and even how you're reinventing with a new venture with our church? Absolutely. Yes. So I am one of those and I think I will always consider it one of my biggest strengths. I can kind of go with the flow. Um, I think whenever I first heard the phrase, the only thing constant is change, I took it to heart. Mm-hmm. And, and I quickly realized there's only so much I can control and I can sit and obsess and have all kinds of feelings and emotions about things. But at the end of the day, there's only, there's a really small number of things that I can actually change. So I'm going to focus on those and everything else. I'm just going to trust that it's going to all work out. Um, and it does in some way, it may not be the way I anticipate it. And I'll, I'll even go enough to say it often isn't the way I anticipated that exactly. it does work out. Um, so with that, I have been through different cycles of life where I've needed different things and I found ways to fulfill those needs. And actually our truths was born out of a similar sort of life change. Um, and I, I talk about it in a blog that's going to be coming out soon when the website launches later in April. Everyone check that out. Um, shameless plug. Our truth um, Yes, rtruths.com. Yes, yes. Um, but a couple of years ago, I um, and I've always had a tremendous sort of friend group around me. I truly believe in building a network of people who love you and will support you and, and who will be extremely honest with you um, yes. because that's the best thing a friend can ever do. So I've always had this phenomenal network. But it's always been very diverse. Um, It's been women, it's been men, it's been different ages. And I think I've benefited from that. Um, So I was one of those. I've I've not always, but often had male best friends. Like the best friend that I've had now for the last 10 years, he's a guy. And it works well for us. So Mm -hmm. I will will be the first to admit, I was one of those women who's like, oh, I just don't get this whole girlfriend trip and girlfriend getaway. And who wants to hang out with that much estrogen at one time? (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and I was, I was, that was me. I apologize. Um, but one of my, at some point I need to do like an open letter to women. I am sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. But one of my great friends said, Oh, we should get together. And there are eight of us in this sort of crew. We should get together and go on a long weekend trip. And my first thought was, Hmm. I can think of about a million things I'd rather do. Oh my goodness. And, I, and it's not so like warm. That's like so surprising to me because I could so see you like having the best time on a girl's trip. <laughs> yes, and I did ultimately. But my initial thought was, can't we invite the guys? Like, let's just, just expand it. You know, why are we being so closed off? Um, but I went because I love these women. I've known them for years. I absolutely love them. Like I already know there, there's no drama here. There's no, we already support each other. We make each other better. We push each other and we're honest with each other. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to book my flight, but I'm going to book it on Southwest so I can get a refund on the ticket if I need to, you know, we're going to just in case I need an out. 
Um, but I went, and when I say that was one of the absolute best weekends of my life, we laughed, we cried, we hugged, we wrote, we sat on the beat. We did all the things that you're that's supposed to happen in this stereotypical girls' weekend. But what I walked away from that feeling was this is what love and support feels like. And the thing that I really appreciated more than anything else is all of us have different things going on in our lives. We're all professional. We all have families of some sort. So, so there was a lot of stuff that we all had and that was very different. But we could all share our story and do what I call start in the middle. So if I said something, you know, such and such just happened to me professional, professionally, I didn't have to give the backstory on why that bothered me because they already got it. And, you know, oh, I just got it. I had an Uber driver pick me up. And when they pulled up to the house, his first thought was, oh, this is your house. Do you work here? And they understood instantly why that bothered me. I didn't have to go into explanation. And I was like, Oh, that's the thing. They get it. We all get it already. There's the strength of it. Okay, okay, I, I feel it now. Um, so it was out of that weekend that I realized the strength and the possibility of a collective of black, black women. So mm-hmm. without even knowing it, our truth, the, the idea sort of started baking at that point um, and was really born. And to fast forward now, with everything that's happening in this country politically and socially and economically and for so many other ways, Black women both sort of bear the brunt of the responsibility sometimes and sometimes get the most negative sort of outcomes from all of it. So I wanted to create an organization where we could be very authentic, we could share our successes, we could share our questions, and we could do so in love. Um, and we could rely on the resources of this entire group to move us all together. Um, and, and one thing, I, I had a Facebook post several months ago, and it was annoyingly sort of my idea of testing out our truths. Um, and I mm. said, you know, there is no other group of people who really are sort of condemned if you do and condemned if you don't in so many scenarios. It's one of those, oh, you know, you need to be independent, but not so independent that nobody wants to marry you. And you need to be healthy, but not in, in a certain body type, but not so much, because then they'll say you look like a man. But you need to be thick, but if you're too thick, you're fat, and that's not okay. And we have all of this, we have this fine line that we are expected to balance on that is exhausting and quite honestly impossible that yeah. no other group has in the same way that we do. So from that, I realized we need this. So our truth was created to do a few different things. First, to inspire. Um, so all of us get the pat on the back that we need and that reassurance that we're not alone. Um, and then it is to enhance. So we're going to have blog posts, podcasts. Eventually, we're going to have conferences. Um, and we're going to have a, a full system of coaches, Black female coaches that can work with you. So all of that is about taking who you are and, and turning us into whoever it is we want to be. Um, all while reminding us we're still kind of awesome the way we are. Yeah. Um, finally, Amplify. So that's where the Speakers Bureau and the Publishing House. So letting the rest of the world know how phenomenal and how great we are and taking the stories and the lessons and the messages that we have 
and putting it on the stage that it belongs on. So it's, it's checking a lot of boxes, but I am so incredibly excited about it. I am too. That's going to be yeah. amazing. I cannot wait. Yeah. I know it's in the works, but yeah. I, I love it so much because it, it really hits on every area. It hits on the, like you mentioned, like the collective, like the empowerment and, and you yeah. have you have both arguments on the empowerment, like empowerment is great, but then what's next? And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. we got what's next. <laughs> we got yeah. what's next. When I quit exactly. you, you're going to amplify your voice and help you do that. So yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Thank I came you. across a, um, a, a post on leanin.org. They were talking mm-hmm. about specifically just in this you know state that we're in with COVID-19, the impact on Black women, that Black mm-hmm. women are twice as likely as white women to be laid off, furloughed, or have our mm-hmm. hours cut through the mm-hmm. coronavirus pandemic. And, you know, to us, just like you said, like, well, that's not like I, I saw that post. I'm like, there's no surprise to us. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's part for the course. That's what we deal with. And and the other part of that is we are also more likely to have other people relying on us in some way. So not only are we sort of dealing with with fewer resources now from a financial standpoint. We still have 50 million people that are coming to us with questions and concerns and all of those things that we have to solve in some way and still take care of ourselves. And we are so used to never taking off that superwoman cape because we're just accustomed to, oh, sure, I got that. Yeah, I can do that. Oh, yeah, baby needs this. Okay, mama needs that. Got it. Husband needs this. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's what we do. And I think, you know, another thing that we're, Yes, we do. We take care of the world. And, you know, a big thing we're going to talk about a lot with all truths is we have to take care of ourselves. And when we forget to do it, there's going to be collective of women reminding you. Yeah. So that's another goal and, and sort of point of the organization. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And Wait, we'll be there with bright colors on. I'm ready. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, one, I'm super excited. So I was thinking um, any advice as we kind of wrap up here, we have one more segment. Definitely want to get your thoughts on building that amazing network that you have for our listeners yeah. and you would share for that. But um, as we're thinking about entrepreneurship, whether people are doing it as a side hustle or whether they're thinking about making that transition, what what's it, some advice that you would just give entrepreneurs just to be thinking about, especially in our in the times that we're in right now? Yes. So a couple of things. Um, first, as, as I mentioned earlier, test it out. You know, don't don't get an idea on Monday and say, oh, Tuesday, I'm quitting my job. I'm all in. Let's do it. Um, Because there are very few ideas and concepts that are so time critical that if you don't do a bit of planning, you'll lose it. You'll lose that moment. So so take that time and do that research. Um, Also, be strategic. Remember what your goal is. Um, And what I mean by that is as entrepreneurs, and particularly when we're starting out as an entrepreneur, you just want to get in, get some checks flowing in. So mm-hmm. your job may be, your entrepreneurial venture may be a dog washer. And then someone comes to you and says, hey, after you wash them, can you also take them for a walk? Sure, why not? And then, well, after you take them for a walk, can you also sew them some clothing? Sure, I got you. 
you know, and, and so on and so forth. And by the end of it, you're like making clothes for lizards because someone had a pet lizard. Yeah. And, and you look back and don't even know how you got there. So know what it is you're really doing and don't be afraid to say no to things that fall outside of your scope. Now, having said that, be aware of what the market is saying. And if your first idea requires you to pivot some, don't be afraid to pivot, but don't pivot to the point that you're just saying yes to things that are outside of your wheelhouse and no longer make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the third thing that I think is super important is have a group who will be honest with you. Yes. Your mama will always tell you that your ideas are wonderful. That's how they are wired. Mm-hmm. Your friend is going to tell you, yes, girl, you should do this because I've always thought you had this as a talent. Da, 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 da. That may or may not be true. So make sure you have people who love you enough to tell the truth. I say love people with the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need anyone who's a naysayer. And you can tell the difference. We all need that spirit of discernment where you can tell oh, this is just somebody who's jealous versus someone who actually has my best interest at heart, but mm-hmm. not every idea should be a, a, a business. And that's just the reality of it. So make sure that there's really something there. Make sure you know how you're going to monetize it and have a group who can be honest and say, you said you want to do X, Y, Z, but maybe if you throw in W instead of Z, then that's where you're this idea is and take that feedback and don't take it personally this is not them saying christy you're an idiot why are you doing this this is them saying here is a way where i believe you can be more successful and have the results you're looking for so be open to that on the front end and and know who to go to for that information and it can't just be your cheerleading section we all need that cheerleading section but that's not your go-to person don't go to your yes man for this go to the person who's going to be honest with you Absolutely. Find your tribe. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So critical. So critical. So speaking of that, when you're thinking Mm -hmm. about your network and just really kind of what it means to build relationships and kind of have that personal board of directors, Mm -hmm. who are some of the lifeline leaders that have helped you with your career? And what were some of the characteristics that they had that enabled you to be able to build that relationship? Um, I think the number one characteristic is I really get the thought about this a bit. When I look across all of the people in my network, and it's interesting, this works both professionally and personally. Um, they are transparent. Mm. They are not individuals who will just tell you all of the good stuff. You're like, oh, yes, I went to college and I graduated top of my class. And then I got this job and I moved up. And two weeks later, I was the CEO. You know, that that may be their reality. But what you also need is I had to take out $50 million in student loans and then I had to do this and I had four jobs at the same time, you know. So make sure there are people who are transparent enough to tell you their full story and to share their full kind of breadth of knowledge with you. Um, Because it's very easy. And and you mentioned it earlier. you You look on social media everybody's a success and everybody's an entrepreneur and everybody's making $50 million. That's not the truth. So you need people who are going to be transparent. Um, And the other thing is diversity. You know, they say variety is the spice of life. Your network needs to be diverse. 
And, and I don't just mean gender and, and um, race and things like that, but mm-hmm. skill sets. When I look at sort of my, my kind of personal board of directors, I have people who are PhDs in science who's, you know, I can't even pronounce the names of their degrees, let alone tell you exactly what they mean. Um, I have lawyers. I have people who didn't go to college. I have, you know, I need all of those because that's where you're going to get your most complete kind of support and information. So look for that variety of skill sets and look for people who want to help. Um, A lot of people get really caught up and say, oh, so-and-so is one of my mentors because they have a big name that the entire city or state may recognize. But are they actually pouring into you? And is it a reciprocal relationship where if you have a question, you can actually reach them? Or is it just they know you, you know them, and you're trying to sort of attach yourself to that name in some way? So make sure they're individuals who actually want to want to nurture you and, and want to see you succeed and grow. Um, and, and for me, a lot of those, as I mentioned, I found in the corporate world, um, especially initially. So I have some mentors now who, and, and I say you need sort of three groups of people. Um, you need people who are doing what you do. You need people who are doing more than you are doing. And you need people who are trying to do what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to kind of the variety you need in other areas. So I need to be able to tap into folks who they, they're do similar work, they've done it, they're successful, so I can learn from them. I also need a network who we're all in this together. We're at similar places. We all have something different we bring to the table, but we can understand and relate to each other. And then I need to tap into that generation, you know, and I'll, I call them generation, but sort of that professional generation behind me because they have some skills I don't have. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how long it takes me to figure out how to post a video to Instagram. But the 20 year old niece can be like, boom, boom, boom. And it's done. So, and you know, and and she's like, oh, this, you should have hashtag this, this, and you need to do this. And this is like, okay, here, you, you do it. Go do this. Go do this. Um, So you need people kind of in that full, what I call diagonal slice um, of, of experience. And I think that so many people get caught up in, oh, it needs to be this big name and it needs to be this type of person. And, and no, you just need someone who knows some stuff you don't know who's willing to share it. Absolutely. And I, I believe that requires just such a high level of, or at least some level of self-awareness that, you know, through coaching, sometimes I'm recognizing that people don't start from a self-aware place. And so no. or you can even kind of get to like, I'm trying to get here. It's like, well, wait a minute. Let's do some introspection and some self analysis. Mm-hmm. Spend some time with us to understand how we're wired, the gaps that we have, so we can go find people that can help fill in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and I can list all all the areas where I am weak in. Some I'm content being weak, and I'm going to find other people to help fill them in, or I'm going to say, you know what, I didn't even need that skill to begin with. No one cares that I can't cook. We're good with that. We're moving on. Um, And then others, obviously, there are things that I want to work on. But without me knowing what those are, I can waste a whole lot of time and money going down a road that was never meant for me. Like, my dream job is to be a Broadway performer. I cannot sing. I cannot dance. 
So I realized that needs to stay a dream. I said, I was going to say, you're holding back on us. Wait a minute, bro. Trust me, I'm not. (laughs) If I could sing even this much, I'd have sung this whole interview from beginning to end. But I know that's not for me. So being a speaker was the next best thing. I can still get on the stage. I can share my story. People will still clap for me. But no, I know what I would love to do, but I'm aware there is no mentor, coach, expert in the world who could get me to be good enough to do this. But I had to know that for myself. So I didn't waste a whole lot of time and money going down a road that wasn't for me to go down. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us, how can we stay connected with you? Yes. So first, everyone, please go to ourtruths.com, O-U-R-T-R-U-T-H-S.com. And we're also on all the social medias, ourtruthsonline.com. And then you can also find my um, site for my consulting, christypruitt-haines.com. So, and and I'm on social media way too much. Um, Again, you can just search me by my name. You'll find me on on all the things, on on all the platforms, Um, sharing my unfiltered, 100% honest, authentic, take it or leave it opinion on everything, Um, which is part of who I am. You know, love me or hate me. This is is what you get. Um, but but I really do want people to to really look for all of the content from our truths. Um, as we mentioned, we're we're having our full launch later this month. It's looking a little different in the light of social distancing and quarantining and and all of that. So we're having to pivot and do things a little differently and slow some parts down and speed some parts up. But we're still going to be there and we're going to have great content. We cannot wait to let us Thank know. You stay connected. You let us know how we can stay connected, but how can we support you through the new launch and moving forward? So going forward, first tell everyone about it. Um, For anyone out there who has an organization that needs speakers, please keep us in mind for that. We have put together and in the process of putting together a phenomenal speakers bureau. Um, It's part of the organization that I am most excited about. As, as a speaker, I've often looked on stages and I'm usually, again, the only who looks like me. And I can't tell you how much my phone blows up during Black History Month. And then sometimes it's like pulling teeth. So we are very deliberate in, in making sure we have phenomenal speakers who have great backgrounds in every area you can think of. So from financial experts to STEM experts to marketing experts, we really have a a very diverse roster of um, phenomenal Black women who are prepared to dazzle your audience as soon as we're allowed to have audiences again. Yes. (laughs) Um, And and we're still looking for talent to join the Bureau. So if that's something that people are interested in, please reach out um, and let us know that. And we are going to start with putting out all of our blogs by the end of the month. So follow those, share those. Um, And if you need a coach or a consultant in all things strategy, diversity, that world, I'm your girl. So um, so reach out. I would love to work with you in those areas. Um, But also, I would just love to hear folks' opinions. You know, I want to know what kinds of things people have questions about so we can find people to solve them. So, and I'm one of those, if I'm not your person, 
I will kind of connect the dot to someone who's going to be great for you because I, again, going back to that self-awareness, I'm not for everybody. But our goal is to build a collective where we do have someone who will meet your needs. Absolutely. And that that is 100% truth because I know that you've done that with me. So, hey, <laughs> here's yeah. somebody that would be great for you. And I'm like, thank you, Christy. I appreciate mm-hmm. you looking at <laughs> yes, yes, because I I know I know my wheelhouse and I know when I'm operating outside of it. Yep, yep. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we have really enjoyed learning from you today. I know I was over here. I'm like, let me pull out my paper and pen. <laughs> thank you. I need to get some real-time notes because that was a gym. So thank you so much for sharing it. Yeah. And every episode, we'd love to have you share what does being a thriver mean to you? Being a thriver means being living life on your terms and succeeding according to your definition of success. Um, You know, I think one of the things we talked about earlier is all of us go through different cycles of life. And what was a priority to me 10, 15, 20 years ago may not even be on my top 10 right now. And I'm okay with that. And I have to be okay with that because 10, 15, 20 years from now, it's going to be something totally different. So thriving to me and being a thriver really means living my truth, living it very authentically, doing what's going to have the largest impact on me and those around me. And, um, and quite honestly, I think leaving a or living life in such a way that others benefit from it. Um, If I am only, I I believe very, very heavily, if my actions only benefit me, I've missed the mark. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, I I want to live my life in such a way that my eulogy could go on for pages and pages with people saying, Christy did this for me. Christy taught me this. Christy did that. Um, Because none of us, and I think this time that we're living in right now, we really understand how connected we are. And what an impact one person has on others. So I really want to make sure that the impact that I leave, the effect that I have is a positive one. So thriving isn't just about me as an individual. It's about my community and and making sure that I'm adding to it in a positive way. Well, there you have it. We could not agree with you more. We are all about thriving. We're so glad that us today on the Thrive Together podcast. Until next time, take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and I would love to continue the conversation with you over in our Facebook group. So make sure you search the Career Thrivers podcast and join us there. And also, if you haven't already gotten the keys to our Thriver Vault, then make sure you go to careerthrivers.com, click on the podcast tab, and at the top of the page, you will see information about the Thriver Vault. That's free tools, free resources, free mini masterclasses to help you take all of this good information and inspiration and put it to action because we know it's the implementation that leads to the real results. So thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the Career Thrivers podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, let's thrive together. Take care.